Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 242 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, we're talking all about running injuries. We're going to talk about how common they are, why they happen, especially why they happen, because isn't that what we all want to know? Why am I getting injured so much? Because the truth is, most runners, unfortunately, do get injured. So today, we're going to let you know why, so that you can break out of this cycle for good. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're talking all about running injuries because this is, quite frankly, one of the most common topics that we get asked about inside our membership and on Instagram and like any people that are reaching out to us for help a lot of times it's regarding running related injuries. Right. As someone who spent a lot of time selling running shoes, Mm -hmm. um, in a very non-scientific study, I believe the rate of incidence of runners getting injured is all of them. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, there is a very high incidence of running related injuries, especially in recreational runners. Um, but really across the board, it really, you know, depends on a lot of different factors that you look at if we look at the incidence of like how often do runners get injured what is the frequency of running related injury Um, it happens to runners at all levels from recreational runners to weekend warriors to professional elite runners a lot of runners get injured and depending on the definition of running related injury that's kind of what skews the incidents when you look at different um, scientific studies, because there are scientific studies out there that say that running related injuries are about 20%. And then there's some studies out there that have it as high as like 80 to 90%. I think one um, study went as high as 92% of all the runners that they studied suffered a running related injury. So it does depend on how exactly we define running related injury, right? Because that, that part can be kind of nebulous when someone's just having foot pain or knee pain how can you really tell if it's necessarily related to running right like sometimes it is and sometimes it's not is it an injury that's like actually sidelining you is Mm -hmm. that just like nagging pain that you have right i'm sure if you're suggesting that 90 some percent of runners are injured especially if you're looking at a population that's like professional Mm sub-professional they're in constant some level of pain well they're they're like rehabbing prehabbing something's happening i hope not i mean that's such a bleak way to look at it but unfortunately Unfortunately, it is what a lot of runners experience, you know, and I, and like you said, it does depend on that definition. Are we talking about just kind of like a low grade discomfort and pain that we can kind of run through, right? Because there are some studies that define it that way. And then other research studies define it as like season ending types of injuries, right? That an injury or a pain that prevents you from running, right? So in those cases, that incidence is going to be a lot lower, right? A lot. That's a lot less common. Now, it is still there, right? There's still pain and injuries that will prevent people from running. But like you said, the more common are just kind of that that low-level, dull, achy, sometimes sharp um, pain that we just kind of feel and keep going. Right. Like if, if you're going to consider I woke up and my calves were sore because I ran really long or fast the day before as a running related injury, mm-hmm. then I'd argue that 92% is coming in too low. Yeah. I would say probably a hundred percent of runners would have that, but that is not what I would consider a running related injury, right? There is a difference between pain and soreness and discomfort just from training because anytime we're putting our bodies through training stimuli, we are 
if we're trying to run faster, if we're trying to run longer, we're putting demands on our body in order to make them adapt, in order to make us, our bodies now be capable of something more than what we are currently capable of. And we're going to get into that um, today in the episode and kind of exactly what that means. But that's essentially why running related injuries occur. And so I saw a lot of running related injuries in my career as a physical therapist. I still do, you know, treat runners um, on an individual basis, depending on what's going on. But it's really the foundation of why we created this podcast and this program, like our, our training academy and our membership program, because we wanted to help people run without injury. We wanted people to be able to feel better when running. So it's important for us to understand why runners get injured. And that's really what we want to talk about today. Yeah. I mean, it was really kind of came around at the beginning of early in our relationship of, I went through college with a a bum knee Mm -hmm. through most of college and turns out it wasn't a knee issue, it was a hip issue. And it was your training in physical therapy that kind of helped fix that issue and allowed me to knock down all sorts of different running barriers that I didn't think were going to be available to me. Right. So the ability to help other people realize that there aren't necessarily the, the, caps on it of Mm -hmm. I can only go five miles I can only go 45 minutes I can get a 10k and then this ache and pain comes up and I have to take a couple days off because to me that's the running injury that's Mm -hmm. gone too far that's between like soreness that I'm going to be able to to run or I take a planned recovery day because I went hard and I know I get a recovery day after that and one that you literally can't stay on your plan Mm -hmm. or your I'd like to run on Tuesday Thursday Saturday like that's what I'd like to do but it's my running day and I can't because it still hurts too much to do it. That to me is too much of an injury. Right. And that's why we do what we do, you know, because we want, like, if that sounds like something you've experienced before where you have had some sort of pain or discomfort that makes you question, like, do I need to take a day off? Should I, am I allowed to run through this? Like, what, like, is it supposed to feel this way? Right. Cause I think that that's an, another big question that we get a lot is like, what is too much pain, right? Like what am I allowed to run through versus when should I actually take time off? Because quite honestly, the answer is not always take time off. That doesn't always fix things. And quite a a lot of times it doesn't fix things. Um, But that's not really what we're talking about too much today. Today we're talking about why runners get injured. Because if we can help you understand, like if you're someone that has found yourself in that constant cycle of injury, maybe you have an injury and you kind of get better and then you start running again or you start increasing your mileage or you start introducing speed work again and that injury comes back, If you've ever found yourself in that nasty cycle of injury, we want today's episode to really help you understand why that could be happening so that you can figure out, okay, what do I need to adjust here? You know, maybe um, of all the things that we talk about today, which one is applying to your situation that can help you finally break out of that cycle? Yeah, there may be a couple of things that that show up, but probably one that you're like, ooh, that one really hits home. I, if I change that aspect, mm-hmm. even if you don't change everything, if you change one, that might be enough to kind of make another step forward and be like, all right, this is going to be the new way that I approach running. And then maybe you can kind of change one of those other things and take another step forward in your running. The more of these guys, it's not like this is going to completely knock out any chance of injury. Right. If you try and push yourself and test barriers and boundaries, you open yourself to the possibility of injuries. But the more of 
the more understanding of why runners get injured, the more you can try to essentially protect yourself as best as possible. Yeah, it's like risk management, right? Risk management. We're trying to mitigate whatever we can control, right? Like there's a lot of factors that we can control. And then there are those factors that maybe are a little bit outside of our control. And so we want to be able to control everything that we can or as much as we can so that we have the least chance of being injured as runners. So I want to start with, um, something called the law of twos, because this is one of the biggest reasons that runners get injured. And the law of twos is too much, too often, and too soon. Okay. So let's break it down one by one. Okay. So too much just means too much mileage, which is literally just like your body is not capable of handling that level of mileage varies extensively Mm -hmm. from person to person. Right. Too often is, you know, that you're running too many days per week or you're racing too often. It could be one uh, or both of those. Yeah. The racing too often comes up a lot. And again, huge variance from person to person. Mm -hmm. Some people might be able to knock out two races in a week. Other people can't. Right. And the other one is too soon. So a lot of times this means that you're jumping into a training plan without that proper running foundation. You're ramping up your mileage too quickly. A lot of people decide that, oh, I want to run a half marathon. And so I download a plan from the internet and I just start exactly where the plan starts. But if you don't have the proper running foundation built before actually starting that plan, you could be setting yourself up for a problem. I think that really highlights how these are all connected to each other because too soon really is what leads to the issue of too much or too often because it's not like every runner has their defined limit of, well, you can run 60 miles a week and then, you know, your leg falls off. Right. There's not like a set number of miles, like, cause you're, you're right. You know, it's not like 30 miles per week. If you do more than that, then you're at an increased risk of injury because that number is different for every single person. Right. And every person, every stage of their life, I, there was miles that I was doing when I was still in college. And there's miles that I'm doing now. Yeah. And I feel very different with them mm-hmm. because there are increased risks of injury from age and decrease risk of injury from a lot of the other things we're going to cover here. Right. Which brings us back to our running foundation, because really all the law of twos applies when the load that you're placing on your body is greater than your body's ability to to tolerate that load. And that's really where all running injury comes from. All running injury comes down to one principle, which is the load is greater than your body's tolerance. Okay. What Ever you're asking of your body, of the tissues, of the muscles, of the joints, all of it, is more than what your body's actually prepared and capable of handling. That's where running injury comes from, load greater than tolerance. And so the key for us is to minimize the load, or I shouldn't say minimize the load, but um, place an appropriate load on our body while also building up our body's tolerance to accept greater loads. That's where improvement comes from. And that's really where our running foundation comes in. And this is one of the, of the primary concepts that we teach inside our running training academy, our real life runners training academy is building the proper running foundation. We have like a four step program and step two is all about building that running foundation, making sure that you have the strength in your body, the mobility in your body, which were, you know, some of these things we're going to get into in a, um, in this episode in a second, but 
it all goes back to that running foundation because if you are doing too much too often too soon without that proper running foundation that's where the running injury comes from so the foundation really helps kind of increase the amount of tolerance that you've built up Correct. so if you're looking at like load versus tolerance as sort of a, a scale you just kind of keep putting more weight onto the tolerance side mm-hmm. and then you can keep putting more mileage more running days like oh right. Maybe right now you're at three days a week, but you could get to four if you built up your tolerance towards it. You mm-hmm. could get to five. You could run all the time. Like there's somebody I'm following online. They're knocking out 100 mile weeks. They've now run more than 100, 100 mile weeks in a row. Wow. That's a lot of consistency. That's a lot. Yeah. But they they didn't just decide one day, hey, you know what? I've never run before why don't I start a streak of 100-mile weeks? Mm -hmm. They had to work themselves to there. They had to build up the tolerance to it. And now it's just a natural thing Mm -hmm. that they're just totally capable of knocking out those miles. Exactly. So it really all comes back down to that running foundation when we're trying to define what is too much, what is too often, what is too soon. It's taking what you're currently capable of, you know? So if you're going from zero and you want to be able to run a marathon, jumping into a marathon training plan at zero is not a good idea, right? You have to gradually build yourself up and build that foundation to be able to start that training plan so that you can perform that plan successfully, that you can have the best chance of success. So making sure that you're not jumping in to something that's over your head, you know, and doing too much too soon. Um, so that's the law of twos, essentially. Another one that's not really considered the law of twos is, um, but is still definitely connected because two is in there, <laughs> um, is that they run too hard most of the time. Okay. So this is the, the number two reason that runners get injured is that they tend to run too hard most of the time. Because like, if you've, you know, listened to any of our podcasts in the past, you probably know that one of our another one of our foundational concepts is that most runs should be easy. We like to help um, people understand the 80-20 rule, that 80%, at least 80% of your running should be done at an easy level. And for some people, that's as high as 90%. Right. And that also very much depends on previous injury risk, previous injury history, and what your current goal is. Like if you're really trying as a goal to increase your overall mileage and you don't want to fall into the too much trap, you have to maybe kind of work with those ratios and put even more running into the easy portion Mm -hmm. and less into the speedy portion. If you're like, well, you know, I'd really like to actually start cranking up as much speed as my body can handle, then you're going to push towards that 20% level. And sure, you could push over. You could do like a 50-50 and have 50% easy and 50% where you're really pushing your body, but you can't sustain that for very long. Mm -hmm. And they've done plenty of studies that trying to run where it's really like a 50-50 split, you're not gaining extra benefits. Right. Like you really are kind of peaking your benefits around that 20 because you're able to actually get the the recovery portion on the easy running. And you need to make sure that easy running is actually legitimately easy running. Right. And, you know, so is it worth it to you? Like, is it worth putting yourself at higher risk of injury without the payback, without the benefit, right? Like if you're doing 50-50 or 60-40, right, and, and you're pushing harder more of the time, you have to ask yourself, what is the benefit here, right? And and don't get us wrong, like there is a mental benefit, right, of pushing yourself harder. But I think that if you push yourself too hard all of the time, 
not only will you break down physically, but you will burn out mentally, right? Like, because there's only so much, especially when we consider everything else in our life, right? What else is going on in your job, in your family, all these things. If you're also taking yourself to the well every time you go out to train and pushing so hard physically that you also need to maintain a high level of focus and really like get in there and use these mental strategies to help you hit levels in your running, you know, hit different speeds or different distances that are really helping you to push yourself to the edge. The more you do that, the more you're just prone to burnout. Yeah, 100%. Burnout, injury, and you're you're not reaping the rewards that you think you are. Right. So many runners, when they get into it, they look online, they see these workouts that other people are doing, they're like, wow, if I could knock out that kind of workout, I bet I could really see some major improvements. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that taking yourself all the way to the depths of the well and then finding a shovel to dig deeper day after day actually does not set you up for great breakthroughs. It's kind of getting into the well and being like, oh yeah, this is pushing myself to a little bit of discomfort, Mm -hmm. a little bit of discomfort, and then recovering from that, and then going easy on the next day, and then going a little bit of discomfort. It turns out you gain a whole heck of a lot of benefits of pushing yourself to that like level seven out of 10 on the effort levels, much more than you would if you're trying to constantly be like, all right, this workout, we're going to 10. I'm not done until I'm throwing up and passing out. Like that you don't need to go that hard. Right. And this is one of the things that it's really hard for a lot of runners to wrap their head around. And this is one of the things that a lot of times when people first come into our membership and in the academy, we have to convince people like, no, you need to go easy. Like this, you need to pull back and you need to go easier. Like we like it in theory, but then when we're actually out there, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people be like this doesn't feel like I'm going hard enough I feel like I'm cheating here right like it, it feels like I'm not doing enough right and so that is a major mental obstacle that we help a lot of people overcome inside our coaching program is understanding like no we can totally reframe our thoughts around this and help our our brains understand that when we go easy, that is our path to improvement. Like it's a complete restructuring of the way that we think about things. Because a lot of us, you know, we think that the harder I push, the more benefits I'll have. And in running, that's just simply not true. Yeah. I mean, no pain, no gain rhymes nicely. Unfortunately, it doesn't actually work with long distance running. Right. And it like, it does in very, very small doses, right? Like those teeny tiny (laughs) doses when you are, you know, like doing those hard speed workouts and you do need to push yourself and your muscles are screaming at you and they're burning and they, you want to stop. Right. But that's a different story than doing that every single day that you go out and run. Right. At some point you have to build some aerobic capacity and that actually feels pretty easy and comfortable. Yeah. Which is fantastic. All right. So the number three reason that a lot of runners get injured is because they neglect strength training and mobility. So I will say it right now. I will put it as a blanket statement out there. All runners need to strength train. Period. End of statement. Okay. I don't think it's for some runners and not others, or only if you're trying to race faster, only if you're trying to run longer, all runners need to do some form of strength training. Now that strength training can look different from runner to runner based on, again, the demands that you're placing on your body, because essentially your body needs to be strong enough for the demands that you want to place on it, right? So the demands of someone training for marathons are going to be different than the demands training 
four or 5k, right? Even if it's the same person, right? Because the demand of a 5k, the distance is less, but in many cases, the speed is higher, right? We're trying to push ourselves faster over a shorter distance versus a marathon where you're trying to usually run slower. Like your marathon pace and your 5k pace should be different if you're trying to see what you're actually capable of. But if you're trying to run a marathon, you need to have a, an easier pace, a slower pace over a much longer distance. So the demand that you're placing on the body is different. And so the way that you go about training for those two different distances is very different. Yeah. I mean, the endurance and capability that you need for a marathon, when you're out there for hour upon hour, you need to make sure that all of your muscles, especially all of your good supportive muscles are able to continue to support you over the long run the forces that you push through your body at a faster pace of like a 5k or even shorter road miles are becoming even more popular and they're super fun Mm -hmm. because they're short they're also super painful because you're going really really hard for only one mile but the force that you're putting through your legs is way different than the force that you're putting through literally like per step the force going through your leg of a mile or a 5k versus a marathon but a marathon you have to keep doing it for mile upon mile Exactly. So going back to our overarching principle of load and tolerance, right? If the load is greater than the tolerance that your body currently has, that will lead to injury. Okay. And this is why in many cases, in pretty much every case, in my opinion, as a physical therapist, I would say all injuries, well, I shouldn't say all injuries because there are those like freak, the freak incidents, accidents, the freak accidents where you like, you know, step off the sidewalk and twist your ankle or something like that. But besides kind of like a, an acute accident type of situation, almost every other injury is related to some sort of weakness in the body. Okay. And so this is why strength training is so important. We need to be able to, our body needs to be strong enough for whatever that demand is. And if, there are areas of weakness, there will be injury. Okay. Because a lot of times what even runners that do participate in strength training, maybe, you know, you are doing some form of strength training. You know, I know a lot of runners like to do other things like CrossFit or Orange Theory or like a lot of other programs out there. Um, but a lot of times those programs and some of the workouts that you can find online, tend to focus on the bigger muscles, right? The more compound types of movements. Which, Beach muscles. Which are great, yeah. And, and those are great muscles to strengthen. But as runners, we need to be able to, to strengthen our bodies functionally specifically for the demands of running. Yeah, which are not necessarily like the coolest muscles that you get to like show off at the beach, but they're still muscles that are incredibly important for mm-hmm. your success as a runner. Now, okay, you pointed out a thing. You think that every essentially, except for like freak accidents, that basically all of your running injuries are related to some form of weakness. Mm -hmm. Most running injuries get put under the umbrella of overuse injuries. Mm -hmm. Would you argue, and I think, I think yes, but I want to kind of put this out there. Would you argue that overuse is simply a big giant generic term that is thrown out there for an imbalance of load versus tolerance? Yes. 
Like the, the person literally, they just put too much load for too long without enough tolerance built up. Correct. And then it's also under recovery, but okay. we're going to get that, get, get to that later in the episode for sure. But that's when we don't recover enough, then that's also decreasing our body's tolerance. It decreases the tolerance Correct. because you just keep adding to the load pile without adding to the tolerance pile. Correct. Cool. But we'll go about, we'll go into that in a little bit more um, depth later. I'm excited to keep diving into the metaphor I've got going in my head of a seesaw. Ooh, let's, let's talk about the seesaw. Okay. But but the other thing that I mentioned, um, other than strength training, is mobility. Okay, so what is mobility? It's not flexibility and it's not stretching. Okay, we'll tell you that right now. So your body needs to be able to move freely for the activity that you want to be able to do. Okay, so in this case, let's talk about running. Okay, so if you have limitations in certain joints in your body, then what happens if your body can't move freely during like in those joints, then the body will compensate by put, putting those forces through other areas and through other joints. And so that will increase the load on say your knee. So for example, if you don't have enough hip mobility for the demands of running, that's going to lead to compensation in other areas like the lower back or the knee because those are kind of above and below the hip, right? And that's typically what gets the increased forces first is the, the joint above and below. Yeah, you know, one joint up, one joint down, and it's like, oh, wait, these things are hurting. Okay, that's probably actually not the source. Yeah. Look at where the pain is. Go a joint up or a joint down. There it is. And, and that's, well, not always, but, you know, sometimes it can be a pain. Like, sometimes the source can be the location of the pain, but many times it's not. Many times um, the source of the pain is weakness in another area, but it's just presenting in, say, the knee. Like, I always feel bad for the knee. The knee, like, gets the brunt of, like, if you are lacking something in the ankle the knee is often what kind of gets the brunt if you're lacking something in the hip the knee is often what gets the brunt of the pain right because there's not like a direct muscle of the knee everything just wraps around the knee right there's a, i mean there's a lot there's of muscles mu- around the knee but like they all wrap around the knee they've yeah. all got ligaments and tendons and i don't remember all this stuff from right. when i took anatomy class that's but, your job but they all wrap around the knee the knee is essentially the middle joint it's like the you know the neglected middle child sure <laughs> Like my sister will agree with you on that. Um, but, but that's the thing. It's so if you, if you don't have enough movement, enough mobility in those joints, then it's going to lead to compensation. It's going to lead to compensatory patterns, Ooh, fancy movement patterns, changed, changed movement patterns in the body. And then the forces aren't going to be, um, absorbed in the way that they're meant to be. All right. So the answer is, I'm pretty sure that we all should just stretch a whole heck of a lot more, right? Before we start, we just bend over and touch our toes and we hold it for 10 minutes and then everything is better. That is not the answer. Dang it. I thought I had it. (laughs) Yeah. So the answer is not stretching. Okay. The answer is dynamic mobility movements. Okay. So dynamic stretching is more of what you want to do. Not the static stretching like Kevin is talking about where you classically, the way that stretching is taught is where you get into a position where you feel tightness and you you just hold that position for an extended period of time, 30 seconds, a minute, you know, a couple of minutes, whatever it might be. That is known as static stretching. Whereas dynamic stretching is where you kind of move into that area of restriction and then move out of it, move into it and then move out of it. And you do that several times, kind of working into the tissue, allowing that tissue to kind of warm up and stretch a little bit and then and then pull back and then pull in, go in a more, um, a little bit more and then pull back. And so when you do dynamic stretching, that is a fantastic way to not only 
only improve your mobility and flexibility, but it's a great way to warm your body up and also cool your body down after a run. I wish we had the video going for this particular section of the podcast here, because when you say kind of go into the stretch and then go out of it, you've got this sort of like you're leaning in and out. It's as though your body is sort of moving like a wave. It's mm-hmm. not jerk yourself into the motion and right. then pull yourself back out. I did this back in grade school football warm-ups. We did mm-hmm. cherry pickers. Do you remember this as a stretch from grade school? I don't know the cherry picker stretch. It's it's you put your, your feet, I don't know, a little bit wider than shoulder width apart, mm-hmm. and then you reach over and touch the ground repeatedly. Oh, One, okay. two, so it's like three. bouncing. It's essentially bouncing. Yeah. I'm going to like force my body further than my hamstrings want to go. I'm going to touch the ground, then up and touch the ground mm-hmm. and up and touch the ground and up. That is not dynamic stretching. That's, that's a terrible stretch. That's literally just trying to rip your hamstring three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Like the only way that I didn't get hurt is because I was like 10 at the time right. and could do all sorts of crazy things without yeah, getting hurt. Yeah, your body does all sorts of crazy things. But yeah, that's that's definitely not what I mean. I don't mean like bouncing in and out. You're not trying to like force yourself as far as you can go. Like it's a very... It's a gentle, and like, you, I think I love the way you describe it. A wave is a really good way to describe it because that is like, I am, <laughs> I'm a very like, um, I use my body and my hands a lot when I talk to kind of demonstrate, you know, there's the Italian in me. Um, but, but yeah, a wave is a good way to think about it. You like slowly kind of allow yourself into that area of restriction and then slowly pull back out of it too. You want to move in a controlled fashion. You know, when we start doing more like the ballistic type of stretching, like you're talking about, like where you're like bouncing, trying to like reach and push further. Um, what happens is that the muscle gets overstretched and that activates our protective reflex in our muscle, which pulls us back, makes us tighter, and then actually can do damage to the muscle. Um, and it definitely isn't doing what we want it to do, which is improving that flexibility and mobility. Right. You're actually tightening everything up. Your body will overreact and be like, oh, you're trying to go too far. I'm going to stiffen up even more than I was before. Right. Because our body has this protective mechanism called the stretch reflex so that it's literally your body's way of protecting preventing a muscle tear. Okay. So like if you're trying to stretch too much, your body starts to signal all sorts of things, both in the muscle and, and in the brain that you need to like tighten up the muscle and to protect ourselves here. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, okay. So that's number three. Um, and that's really basically the, the in and out of, of strength training and mobility. And again, you guys, if you have any questions on these, we would love to hear from you. So, um, if you don't follow us on Instagram yet, please do. We're at real life runners on Instagram. Feel free to send me a DM. I love talking to runners about like, you know, stuff that's going on with you. If you feel restricted in your running in any way, helping you kind of figure out what you might need to work on, please always reach out to me. I would love to help. Okay. Um, Number four, reason that runners often get injured is that they don't fuel their body for their activity level. Ah, yes. Trying to run really hard and then restrict all of your calorie intake. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible combination. And and so many of us do it. You know, I I don't want to say all of us, but so many of us do it. Like we, a a lot of runners are in this cycle of restriction and this often comes from wanting to lose weight and train for performance at the same time, right? There's a lot of people that get into running because they want to change their body in some way. They want to lose weight. They want to, um, you know, be build muscle. There's a lot of, they just want to be more fit and more, and, and more healthy, healthier, more healthy. <laughs> you got to love my grammar sometimes. Um, but that's proof that these episodes are never scripted <laughs> <laughs> or really edited all that much, but no, we definitely don't edit that a much. lot of people get into running, especially if you get into running later, a lot of people get in for 
visual benefits, yes. I would say. Well, it's not just visual. Yes, visual benefits are a big part, but it's a lot just of, health benefits in general. Sure, I think but a well. lot of people start from a visual benefit. Mm-hmm. I would like a runner's body, whatever the heck that is supposed to mean. Right. They want to lose a couple pounds, lean up a little bit, show some more muscle, like whatever the thing is in their head. It hopefully then transitions to the place of, I want to simply be a healthier person. Yeah. But a lot of people tie health and, and a weight number two together, which is also not necessarily a good idea. That's a different conversation altogether but I do think though the later we get into running like the later in life we are when we get into running I think that it's less tied to just specifically losing weight and more tied to health and fitness because I know that a lot of times um, you know even people on our team and stuff that have come into running it's because like oh my doctor told me I need to start doing this because I have a heart condition or my high cholesterol or blood pressure or there's various health things that start to happen And so people decide, okay, well, I'm just going to start running so that I can get healthier, right? That is a very good reason. But this is um, part of the issue is that if, if you are someone that has, that maybe got into running to lose weight, then you are likely someone that's also tried to restrict calories in some, at some point in time as well, right? Because if the goal is weight loss, many times people will try to restrict calories. And so again, going back to what I said before, if you are trying to lose weight and train for performance at the same time, like train for a race, those two things don't mix. And this is why the concept of training cycles that like we teach inside of our training academy, that's why training cycles are so important because essentially what you can do, not that you can't lose weight and you can't train for a race. You can do both. You just shouldn't do both at the same time. And this is why we teach our and coach our athletes. Like let's, choose one primary goal for this training cycle. And by taking, working in 90 day cycles, we can come up with four different goals in the course of a year that we can work towards. So maybe one cycle, we're going to focus on losing some weight or losing some body fat or building some muscle. And then the next cycle, we're going to focus on training for a race, right? So you can kind of stack cycles together to get all the goals that you want to accomplish, like all of the goals that you want to accomplish are totally achievable if you go about it the right way. And this is why that concept of training cycles is so important. Right. And it's not that you can't lose weight or body fat or body composition can't change while training for a race. It's just that that shouldn't be the goal. Yeah. Like it may be a byproduct, but it should not be your primary goal Mm -hmm. of, I want to change body composition while training for a race, especially while training for a longer race. Um, because you really got to make sure that you're putting in appropriate fuel when you're out there for super, super long runs Mm -hmm. out there for a really long race. You want to make sure that you're taking in appropriate fuel during that. Mm -hmm. But you know, for people that got into running earlier, maybe in like a high school collegiate environment, there's a higher instance probably in that group of people of disordered eating, Mm -hmm. which also came from trying to restrict calories while increasing performance levels. And most of those races are maxing out at a 10K. Right. So it's not necessarily how long the race is. If you're pushing your body and not putting fuel in, eventually it's going to break down. Mm -hmm. Like you can drive your car real fast, put your 
pedal to the metal and go. But you have to keep putting fuel in the car because the harder you drive, the faster it's burning up that fuel. Yep. And our bodies are just like that. Our bodies are just like cars. We need to fuel, like, just like you need to put gas into a car if you want to go longer or faster, we need to give our bodies the proper fuel through nutrition, through very um, targeted nutrition. It doesn't mean, like, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I run so that I can eat whatever I want. And that's fine if that is your primary goal. If you literally are running so that you can eat whatever you want, that's totally fine. But then don't be disappointed if your performance suffers or if you're not getting the goal in your half marathon or your performance the same way. Because that if you're running to eat instead of eating to run, you're going to have different results. Yes, very, very much. If, if you put in um, you know, the high end octane gasoline into your car. There's different fuel that you put into a race car yep. than that I put into my car that I drive to school and back. 100%. Like there's a very different fuel and there's a reason for it. Right. And we're also not saying that the only reason you should eat is to be, you know, fuel your body. Like there's a lot, you know, food is very nuanced and there's a lot of different reasons that we eat. We can eat for enjoyment. We can eat for fuel. There's a lot of different reasons, but Again, it just needs to tie into whatever that goal is for that training cycle. Right. And the biggest key above all of the nuance is make sure you're putting enough in. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're putting enough in. Yeah. Don't restrict just for the sake of restriction. And again, keep in mind that if you are restricting your calories and training hard, that that is putting you at an increased risk of injury. There you go. All right. Number five is they don't get enough recovery. Okay. Another reason that a lot of runners get injured is that they're not prioritizing recovery. They're not giving their bodies time to reap the benefits. Okay. Cause essentially when we work out, especially during hard workouts, our body gets broken down. Okay. Our body breaks down during the workout and then rebuilds during recovery, okay? So we break our body down by putting that training stimulus on onto it, right? The load that we want to put on. And then during recovery, our body goes, huh, that was tough. <laughs> I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really ready for that. So I need to build up stronger so that the next time they, that, you know, I encounter this load, I'm going to be stronger and more able to handle it. Right. So when you first get hit, load is greater than tolerance. But for an individual workout... a little bit. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. And for one individual workout, having load be a little more than tolerance Mm -hmm. is not going to cause an injury. Right. It's going to cause you to be sore the next day. Mm -hmm. We've covered that at the beginning of the episode. Being sore is fine. That means that you pushed a little bit harder than where you're currently at. Mm -hmm. And then you get the recovery where you literally are taking the load off of your body, Mm -hmm. allowing your body to recover. It will then naturally increase its tolerance. So when you come at it again with the same load, your load now doesn't exceed tolerance. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of keep hitting that same workout and your body won't be as sore the next time. To then make another improvement, you take another little step in the load that you put on your body and then recover so that the load is is reduced and the body can increase tolerance again Mm -hmm. and now suddenly you're up to a higher level it's a slow process this is the the challenge of the twos is everybody wants to get the results right now and building all of this this endurance or strength or speed or whatever it is none of them build all that fast Mm -hmm. it's a slow process of a little extra excess load And then recover and let the tolerance increase. Then a little excess load and recover and let the tolerance increase. Yeah, and that's why running is a journey. Running is a process. And that's where a lot of runners, again, that's um, one thing I probably should have added to 
this episode is lack of patience. Lack of patience. Right? That would be, there's your bonus, right? <laughs> That's your bonus. So the five main reasons that runners get injured, um, the law of twos, they run too hard most of the time. They neglect strength training and mobility. They don't fuel their body for their activity level and they don't get enough recovery. And the bonus is lack of patience for sure. Which is very, very much related to too soon is they want the results right now. So yeah. lack of patience is a huge one. Yeah, totally. So just as a little recap, you know, just remember that all of this comes down to running injury occurs because the load that is placed on the body is greater than the tolerance. Okay. Load greater than tolerance will equal injury when done enough. Like, like Kevin said, you know, one individual workout in all likelihood will not lead to an injury. It's going to be the accumulation of those workouts over time that are stressing the body more than the body's able to tolerate. And you're not rebuilding the body enough through recovery and nutrition and those kinds of things that are going to allow the body to recover and build back up stronger than it was before. And that's why building your running foundation is one of the most important things that you can do to prevent injury. Because when you build that running foundation, and like Kevin said, unfortunately, this is a slower process, right? And I, the, you know, if that's something that kind of bothers you and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want it to take that long. My question is, what are you in a rush for? <laughs> you know, like quite honestly, and, I, and I'm not saying that condescendingly or, you know, I'm not trying to make light of this at all, but really ask yourself, what am I in a rush for? Like, do you want to just like run this race, get that time and then be done running for the rest of your life? Or, are you someone that wants to be able to run for the rest of your life? Hopefully while, you know, having running feel better, have you enjoy running more, have less injury throughout the course of your lifetime. Like if that's the running journey that you'd like to be on, it does require some patience and it does require building up that running foundation and building your load slowly and over time and then checking in with yourself and saying, okay, like here's my current training load. How am I feeling? You know, am I feeling run down? Am I feeling like there's these aches and pains are kind of more than they normally are? Am I feeling more stressed, more exhausted? Like, because overtraining can pop out in different ways. Like it's not always going to first come out through injury. It's going to come out by, you know, noticing that maybe we're snapping at our kids a little bit more. That's what I was going to say is, are you constantly on edge? Yeah. Like, do you just not have the same patience because you're trying to show patience in your running? One of the big signs of overtraining is that you just have less tolerance mm-hmm. for most things everything in the else. world around yeah. you. Everything else in your life, right? So just start to notice those little things. You know, if you notice that your just general patience is lower, than it normally is. And maybe you're in a hard training cycle. Maybe you're training for a distance that you've never done before. Understand that that could be an early sign that you need a little bit more recovery, or maybe you need to pull back on your mileage for a week or so, right? Like a lot of times running injuries can be prevented by, okay, noticing some of these things and then just pulling back for like a week or two. It doesn't mean you have to completely stop. I oftentimes suggest people don't completely stop unless like, there are certain times that I will suggest complete recovery weeks or, um, rest time, but a lot of times it just requires a little bit of a pullback, right? Allow your body and your mind to kind of reset itself, um, before you 
continue forward. Right. D- reduce the load. Don't eliminate the load. Just exactly. make sure the load kind of hangs out uh, below your tolerance mm-hmm. for, for a solid week and then get back into it. Exactly. So if you are someone that finds yourself in this cycle of injury, or if you're currently dealing with a running injury, please reach out. I would absolutely love to help you kind of figure out what might be going on. I'd be happy to, um, you know, talk to you in the DMs, or if you guys want to shoot me an email, you can always do that as well. My email address is Angie at real life runners. Um, and just let me know that you listened to this episode and that you found it helpful and that you have an issue that you'd like some help with. Um, I would love to help you kind of brainstorm and, and kind of figure out what might be going on for you. So um, if you guys found this episode helpful, again, please feel free to share it. Please feel free to go over to iTunes and write a review for us or leave us our, you know, write a review or leave us a rating Um, because that will help other people to find the show. And our goal here is just to help other runners to run happy and pain-free as long as they want to. Right. And if somewhere between 25 and 93% of runners are injured, feel free to share this with any runner you know, because it's probably going to be useful for them. Exactly. So you might want to save this episode for a later reference as well. But as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 242. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.